Ross, third time's a charm? Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Are you at the airport? I am. Okay, well, let's give this another try. This is Jim English, and welcome to my podcast called The Who Gives a Shit Files. And I have Ross the Crusher Harris, who is a very good friend of mine. We played softball together. And I want you to know for the audience that I've done over 190 podcasts And this is about as noble of an aspiration as anybody could have trying to feed the world. And Ross has developed a mousetrap to bring food to everybody, really, Ross. So give us an overview. First of all, welcome to the podcast. Please give us an overview of what you're doing, the structure you're building, and how the mechanics work, please. Sure. First, uh, thank you so much for having me, my fabulous friend. And uh, uh, the product that uh, our company is able to generate is is an indoor, uh, very advanced technology, uh, agriculture uh, growing machine. And uh, it's almost completely robotic. And uh, it, what it enables uh, people to do is to grow uh, produce uh, 12 months a year indoors with almost 100% success rate. And uh, so, it, so you could grow this anywhere. So you could grow this in Canada in the winter or, or desert in the summer. Absolutely correct. Right. And uh, we're working with both Canada, but we're also uh, working with uh, the Negev Desert Project in in, uh, Israel. Very exciting. Two extremes. (laughs) I see. So you've got so tell us about how this works, please. Sure. Uh, There there are these uh, grow beds that are soil only and uh, they uh, have a bunch of nutrients put into them and they, and they, but they also have uh, the most advanced uh, led uh, lighting where we're able to actually uh, focus the spectrum that the uh, plants uh, will grow not only a little faster, but they'll grow more dense as well. And therefore, oh. and therefore uh, you're getting more harvests per year because of the accelerated growth rate, but you're also getting, uh, you know, the finest uh, level of outcome uh, at the harvest stage. So what we're looking at here is an indoor structure that is, that is, is it portable? Can you move it? No, it's a pretty fairly large uh, structure. It's nine feet by 10 feet at the base, and then it's 22 feet high. I see. And how much, so what you're doing is you're, you're processing food in areas that can't do it 12 months a year, and you have immunity to the weather. Do you have immunity to pests too as well? Exactly, right. The, that's where, uh, as I said earlier, you know, you, you're looking forward to a, a, about 100% success rate as opposed to our outdoor farming friends that uh, are looking in the, you know, low 70% range. So 
they're sadly counting on about 25% of the, the, uh, you know, things that they plant to not be successful. And that this, uh, you know, increases that, you know, dramatically. And I want to point out to the audience here, the altruism of this, because Ross, the crusher Harris be growing pot in these things and making a fortune he could be the next pot billionaire but he decided that it's harris organics right correct so harris organics decided to bring healthy produce to areas that don't have access to it 12 months a year what type of produce do you grow in there uh really anything uh, except for uh, anything over five feet, like a tree, you know, like a uh, lemon tree or an orange tree or an apple tree, you know, something like that that was, was uh, you know, just too tall. I see. So you got carrots and tomatoes and berries and anything that, that grows in the ground. Is that correct? Yes. It, it's all soil-based things, which are... You know, that's what everything, you know, originally was was grown in <laughs> for throughout eternity, as they say. This is so freaking exciting. I can't believe it. And <laughs> I I just I just I can't tell you I was you know, it's funny. I was talking to my sister um, earlier today and she does podcasts with me on nutrition. She's a nutritionist consultant and uh, so we were talking about this, and she loves the idea, and she wants to listen to this podcast. So I thought I'd give her a shout out. Her name is Lori Kelch. So hey, Lori. Also, hey, Lori. So tell us more please, about the logistics, where you can grow this. You know where where you are in in the development of this. Um, do you have the prototype? Tell us where you are and the possibilities for this, please. Uh, sure. Uh, well, the I, I was going to unveil today uh, some really exciting news. Is that where uh, we had an incredible uh, discussion with the largest uh, indoor agricultural equipment manufacturer in the world called Montel, and they're in uh, headquartered in Quebec, Canada. And uh, they have a, a, the exciting thing is that they have a global reach and uh, they're able to uh, help us with our uh, project that's coming up in the Negev Desert in uh, Israel. And then on top of that, they, they're going to, they're headquartered in Quebec. So they're able to help us with the Canadian uh, Feed the Nations project that we're involved with. How are they going to help you? Well, their their ability to uh, actually uh, and quickly create the uh, prototypes for us, and and actually be uh, we're going to enter into a joint venture with them. So uh, we're going to be part of uh, you know working hand in hand in a legal way <laughs> with uh, the biggest uh, indoor agricultural uh, equipment manufacturer, Montel. And uh, this will enable us to crank out not only the prototypes, but test them quickly and also have a, a, a team of manufacturers. We, we, the, 
mainly for you know things that are going on uh, in the Middle East. But on top of that, for the for the uh, Feed the Nations project in Canada, though, they will uh, be able to uh, not only create the building materials for the indigenous people, but they'll be able to uh, you know modularly uh, you know and use logistics to get the products to the uh, Alberta area where we're starting and they'll uh, be able to set up manufacturing facilities in a, you know, expedited fashion. So these uh, people who are really in need of uh, not only the produce, but the, uh, this, they will employ the, uh, you know, local indigenous people to actually build the machines to, to put them together and to employ them. So, uh, not only will they, like we spoke earlier, uh, get the benefits of being able to grow produce for themselves uh, 12 months a year, but on top of that, uh, employ the local people that could really use the work. You know, uh, these areas that you're talking about that are so susceptible agriculturally to the whims of Mother Nature and weather patterns, this solves that problem totally right correct uh you're in a you're in a uh an enclosed uh building uh that can uh grow at a uh, on almost 100 percent success rate uh 12 months a year and do it faster and and do it uh with a, a more uh little little higher quality product too and so so how long, so you could put these in, I mean, I'm, I've got a vision here, Crush, a okay. vision where you could put these any place on earth pretty much. What do you actually, let me, before I go into my vision. I don't know about what, Mount Everest. That might be a little challenge. Right. There's some <laughs> impractical areas. Like, what do you need from the local environment to do this? Because my first thought was, God, nobody in the Sahara Desert can do um, can do this. Okay, you know that have access to um, you know fresh vegetables and produce and things like that. But I am assuming you have some basic needs like soil and water and raw materials to build not only the machines but the structure. So what do you need from the local areas to grow this, to build one of these things and grow and harvest these, these really nutritional uh, fruits and vegetables? Well, even though our machines uh, require about 60 to 70% less electric and water, uh, we still need that. But at the same time, uh, especially uh, if there's sunlight, which there usually is um, solar yeah. panels, solar panels uh, are oh, easily yeah. uh, incorporated to uh, produce the power and to, and to be able to uh, power the HVAC system to, and our machines also uh, have a dramatically lower requirement for uh, like cool air. So there's no, uh, you know, problems with the, uh, you know, the, the uh, produce coming to full growth. And so that that's dr- dramatically lowered as well. 
and uh, water it can be easily uh, transported in, and the fact that we dr need dramatically less water, um, then that's a real benefit too. Plus, the water that is used, uh, we have a, a, a drainage system on all of our machines that enables it to possibly be recycled. Jesus, you've thought of everything. Yeah, we. Tr I mean, you know, we, we. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to make sure it was the, uh, you know, the the taking advantage of all the latest technology. Wow. So my vision is being reinforced. So you can bring this to, really, to deserts, to frigid winter areas. You know, you could build this all over the world and supply the world with food. I mean, you could, right? Nutri nutritional food, right? Absolutely. And But the, the people that are, the uh, you know, in greatest need at this time, where it, it's sad because the governments have the money to accommodate these people right now, but they don't. I don't know why they don't do it. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not really sure, but uh, like there's uh, there's people in Kenya that that are foraging for tiny pieces of gold every day. I mean, really tiny pieces. And but if they don't find any, they don't eat that day. And that's pretty messed up. And these these are very, you know, if you saw, uh, you know, I've seen pictures of these people. They're in, they're, you know, incredibly uh attractive people you know like they're very you know like uh, you know they they're not like all maligned or anything weird like that but they 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 just like all of us expect to eat every day i think it's only fair that these people are fed every day i mean there's no question about it so in order to build this you could build it i mean you couldn't build it like you said on top of mount everest or you know probably not in the sahara desert but where there's significant population and a little water and a little soil and some sun, you could build these virtually anywhere then, huh? That's very true. And wow. So have you have you so how long does it take from like to to build one of these first first of all? Uh, well, once uh, the the materials are are uh, shipped, they're shipped like uh, just like IKEA does. They're shipped in a modular fashion, so uh, so they can be pretty easily uh, put together in a matter of days. And and uh, wow. and, and then uh, they they just from there need to be hooked up and and uh, and you know planted, you know, and uh, all those kind of things. And, and, you know, the, the, it might require like some, uh, like for, for the very first uh, time, you know, one of the machines shows up that they, you know, people need to be trained and, and they, and, the, and they can test, uh, you know, what they want to grow and how to, you know, do it in the most advantageous fashion. And we will offer, you know, support in that area as well. So you're looking at, and, you know, once again, I'm, I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out the time frame, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. But if I'm hearing you correctly, it would take a month to two months to build one of these things once the materials are there. No, uh, it would take uh, 
really in the it, once the materials are there uh, again it's like uh getting like a i don't know like a dresser right at, at ikea uh, you know you've got all the parts that are that are uh conveniently modularly uh you know boxed so they can they're done that way so they can be uh assembled quickly but in a in a place where uh you know the metal needs to be fabricated uh that's a slightly different situation, but with the uh, this joint venture of Montel and and Harris Organics, uh, the Montel would would build everything ahead of time, and then just oh. it would just sh- it so like the dresser would just show up, and then you just have to, you know, <laughs> put it together, you know, basically. So that would sure. that that will expedite. Uh, you know the construction of the machines dramatically. So you're looking at months, not week. Uh, I'm sorry, weeks, not months. Correct. Bye. So, how often do you harvest? Like, tell us about the harvesting cycle. So you plant, and how long does it take to actually have to reap a crop? Well, it it it. it it, there's a dramatic variance on, on that. Like it depends what the particular, you know, crop is, but there are things that, uh, you know, take like, uh, uh, like, you know, three weeks, you know, there's, there's things that take, uh, you know, several months, like garlic takes like several months, you know, like, uh, and, uh, but there's, you know, other things like zucchini and, and things like that, that, that could be, you know, have, have great nutritional value, but they, they can be harvested uh, fairly quickly. So you're looking, you could have, you know, zucchinis come out uh, every three weeks. You could have a new crop of zucchinis in the local population. Uh, I, I, I'm not positive on that number, honestly. Uh, we're, we're honestly more the shovels to the miners. So uh, I'm, I'm just uh, trying to accommodate. Uh, but I, I don't know the exact rate off the top of my head of zucchini growth pattern. But uh, I, I think, though, but I, I think you're right. It's in the three to four week category. It might be a, a little longer than that, but not much. And how much of this can you grow like how, like, let's say you build a very large structure. I'm assuming yep. there's a direct correlation between the structure and the amount of output, the amount of product. You know, what is, like, if you had a huge structure, how, what's the population you could feed? Do you have any idea? Uh, you could feed a, a dramatic amount of people. Uh, keep in mind, uh, each, uh, each machine has a 32 square foot grow bed and there's seven of them per machine. And, uh, and then you extrapolate that by like, say you put a hundred machines in a building, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, being able to feed quite a bit of people, uh, you know, like anywhere from a a city, like in these, example like the people that that we haven't been able to help yet like in kenya or in canada um that these cities uh you know usually go anywhere from like twenty thousand to a hundred thousand people sometimes you know a tad more than that and this would be you know easily able to accommodate them wow 
And, you know, this, this just blows my mind, the possibilities of this. What, so what are your biggest obstacles to, to make this thing, you know, I mean, it's a going concern now. So but what are your biggest obstacles you're facing in getting this to, say, Kenya or the Israeli desert or Canada? It's uh, it's it's uh, pretty funny, actually. It's human nature is the biggest obstacle. Um, it's the fact that there are these uh, it's changing in a very good way. But uh, there, there are a lot of old school, uh, you know, attitudes that like they're the fact that this technology is very fresh and uh that they have no clue you know about you know if you're down in the trenches uh you know like actually imagining this stuff you know doing its you know function and uh these people are into like well i grow everything outdoors or or you know we'll, we'll just we just want to keep doing it the way we've been doing it well yeah but what about global warming sir you know what about uh you know your the fact that you can only grow for like maybe three months a year to, you know what why would you keep doing the same thing you know like so it's changing minds you know that is 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 actually a a, a little challenge at the outset here but the good news is that that their children are, are getting it though their their offspring who the next generation sees the value of advanced technology i mean if you look at the world and i should have done this research darn it before i got there but there's a large percentage of the world and i'll throw something like 40 to 50 percent of the uh, of the world is food insecure which means they don't know where they're getting their next meal or they have to worry about their next meal. I mean, this new technology could really address that, not only in a you know in terms of feeding the volumes, but treat but feeding them a quality, nutritious product, which is something they need instead of like eating out of trash cans. Well, a million percent, and. Uh... I mean, you nailed it. Uh, we, we just, we're hoping also to, uh, you know, put this in front of, as soon as the Montel, you know, relationship starts to, uh, you know, ripen itself. Uh, we, we plan to, uh, uh, you know, contact, you know, the UN and the world health organization and, and see if, uh, you know, we, we can strike up some, uh, interest there. So we can, uh, again, you know, like I'm saying, like expedite this uh, situation where, you know, these these people in Kenya, where the royal Kenyan family, you know, lives incredibly lavishly. It, you know, there are people out in the suburbs or, or rural rural areas are, are not doing well. And uh, we can rectify that pretty quickly. It, it's too bad that the royal Kenyan family isn't, you know, a, you know, confronted you know, by the World Health Organization and the UN, you know. But if we made it, we put a positive spin on it, um, all of these African countries, as an example, have like in, like incredibly wealthy families that, that, that run their countries. 
And if they were made aware of how, you know, reasonably uh, they could accommodate their people to be eating uh, on a, not only on a regular basis, but on a very healthy diet uh, on a, on a regular basis, then maybe they might come around. Yeah. I mean, the country that leaps to mind is North Korea where everybody's starving up there. And yeah. Kim Jong-un, you know, he, you know, I don't know how much of it, if you listen to, you know, you know, I'm not into politics and I'm certainly listening to a couple of podcasts in North Korea, but, you know, he may be doing this by design, but pressure from the United Nations could force these, these despots into, into, you know, putting up these things to feed their population. It, it really could. Uh, I think if uh, they were actually, uh, you know, presented with this technology, they might have a different, you know, viewpoint on it. And uh, they, they, it's not like they don't have the money to do it. And if they needed the money, there's a lot of money, you know, potentially available at the United Nations or, or World Health Organization, or maybe they could put together some kind of, uh, you know, funding from like the Gates Foundation or somebody like that. I'm just being creative here, but um, something like that could really accommodate, uh, you know, people who are in a very challenging situation that really in this in this day and age it's it's 2023 folks you know i mean this shouldn't be going on you know yeah i mean we should you i mean there is nothing more basic there is nothing more there's no more basic human need than eating and you know we need to embrace the technology to allow us to feed the population. And if I'm hearing you correctly, Montel not only you the machine, but they have a certain amount of clout that can open some doors for you. Yes, yes. I think that that's true. But at the same time, uh, you know, we're going to have to, you know, be a, a, you know, an integral part in, in you know, making these relationships uh, begin to uh, flourish and, and, and we can do that because we have the right attitude and, and we really want you know these people in challenging areas to be accommodated and we know that there's no reason why not you know so crush it sounds like the technology is done it's the politics and the relationships and the dealing with human nature of the old agricultural way that are your biggest challenges right now. And is that where you're spending most of your time as CEO of Harris Organics? I'm uh, spending a, a fair amount of it and I have a vision, you know, but the vision needs to uh, write this split second, uh, which is my you know, great focus is to create a, a joint venture situation with, uh, with Montel. And uh, there's another big company called, uh, we're excited to be in talks with too, called uh, PIP Agriculture. They just bought a company called GrowGlide. GrowGlide makes incredibly similar products that Montel makes as well. 
So, I mean, so that's, you're spending your time at a high level trying to get these relationships uh, a fair amount of your time. And in, you find people that you have to bang down the door or people open-minded to talking with you. I mean, how's that going? Uh, it, it's been, in, thank God, incredibly positive. I, I, I am, you know, even though uh, the Gates Foundation does a lot of incredible things, so I'm not here to take away from uh, any of that. And and the thing that has me scratching my head a little bit, and maybe you'd be scratching yours too, uh, is that uh, Bill Gates uh, is buying like, you know, hundreds, like he has like almost 300 million acres of farmland he's bought in the last 10 years or something like that and uh you know it, it i get you know there's nothing no nothing wrong with that in any way shape or form but he but he's got to be you know made more aware and, and he's you know like a real high-tech guy that that if he you know i've tried to approach the gates foundation and and, and there's just been zero response so uh, really? that's that's disappointing but i you would think that they would embrace this like hugely you know if they were aware of it but you know again this is something with montel's uh reputation that they've been in business for like a hundred years by the way montel and uh that we might finally get a, a little uh you know response from uh you know bill gates's company and and see if uh you know they might want to be part of this and i i would be surprised if they if they knew about it and, and what the you know the the great rewards would be uh then i don't i can't imagine them not being interested i can't imagine either unless there's some sort of agricultural conflicting interest that he has by buying all that up i know he want, you know he's on a mission to eliminate meat um so it does seem compatible with his strategy to feed people more vegetables have you i mean i the name that comes up elon musk have you tried him uh well uh, again uh you know we've got things you know on our on our radar screen as they say you know that we're going to do but we, we've just got to take care of what's you know right on our plate right this minute and uh, getting getting these this relationships uh, all sewn up. I understand. You know, it's you know, and I could see Ross how you would get. You know, the the possibilities of this are so huge, and the potential benefits for humanity and the Earth are so great that I could see how you could get ahead of yourself. Because of the possibilities of this, yeah, I I think though at the same time it, it'll be, it'll really, uh, you know, actually turn into a, a you know like quite a tornado after, uh, you know, once we get our uh, you know everything that I'm you know the foundation all set up, you know, I think we've got the. Uh, you know, opportunity to really make this thing go nuts, like you're implying. But but that's when, uh, you know, with the backing of a, of of this Montel uh, company, that that it, it would really change, you know, the uh, overall look of of maybe people taking this a lot more seriously than they once 
did, you know. I see. So Montel is a potential game changer for Harris Organics, huh? Absolutely, yeah. And how close are you to this joint venture? Well, uh, the president of the company, uh, we had a, we had a, a, a Google Meet uh, call with him yesterday, and uh, he demands a, a, a follow-up call early next week. So, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he, it seems like he's, you know, pretty excited about it. And uh, we, we're just uh, in the process of presenting our technology uh, to the company, but they're, they're definitely uh, excited. About it. I mean, when the president of a, of a big company is demanding, you know, a follow-up call early in the, you know, like three days later, basically, uh, he, that's nothing to sneeze at, as they say. Crush, how does this make you feel? Uh, well, I, I'm, I, I feel, you know, you know, that I, I didn't waste my life, you know, that I actually, uh, you know, like when I was a little kid, I always, I wanted to, you know, I didn't know what I was talking about at the time, but I had this, you know, idea of, of making the world a better place had no clue you know probably even the, the scope of what i was talking about but um i really feel like uh oh, I, I i at least you know lived up to my you know youthful expectations and and did did the right thing you know it's interesting that you know over the years people lose their idealism and you have been able to not only maintain your idealism, but come up with a practical solution and a potential vision that really could, you know, that could fundamentally change how we distribute produce in third world countries, right? I mean, you know? In a, it, from your lips to god's ears as they say you know <laughs> it should be exactly what you're saying it really should but it also has uh, a lot of benefits to the you know even the you know the general public you know like it, it's good for almost everybody it is and there's you know, there's economics, you know, from an economic standpoint, you know, hiring the local population for building and the maintenance of these things, feeding the local population. And well, on top of ahead. that, though, even though you're, you're spot on, um, one thing that, that, you know, should also be made clear is that uh, compared to our, uh, you know, uh, companies that are, are coming up with like vertical farming and vertical farming solutions uh they're so like not profitable because of the technology that you know like theories <laughs> that they're running on that frankly i think are pretty fairly questionable even though they're impressive to look at like you look at you know all this stuff growing on these giant racks and all this stuff and and it looks beautiful i mean gorgeous you know produce and, and or or like lettuce and things like that and 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 you know you know a for effort kind of thing but it's so impractical the technology that they're using um is just 
you know, difficult for people to rationalize going forward because there's almost no profit in it. And then on top of that, as, as I alluded to earlier, if, if you do have like, like accidents uh, on site, um, this is going to, you know, kick your workers comp, uh, you know, charge dramatically upward. So you're, losing you're actually either breaking even or losing money and this is where uh our industrial world is gonna you know put up the red light and say like uh you know this isn't working there's there's no you know no value but uh with with the omni grow and the new shroom grow i'm excited to announce too uh you're you're able to actually uh not only uh, in a very strategic manner, uh, in a you know have a positive cash flow, and you know you're able to you know do a lot of great things, uh, you know, benevolently with the machines too. But it, it's not because you're breaking even or losing money every month. You're actually going to be in a positive cash flow, good positive cash flow too, and uh, that's exciting too. Oh, so if you, from the economics, is, I mean, are there, is this a high margin business? Uh, high margins stretching it, but you know, if you're at like 3% or under, it's like, why bother, you know? Yeah. Right. But yeah. these are where this is like uh, in the like 20% range, Whoa. Which, is, which is pretty, pretty healthy. That is, that's almost as healthy as your produce. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So let me, let me see if I understand this. So you can bring to all over the world, virtually all over the world, bring food, you can bring employment, and you can, and the food, by the way, is a higher quality than they would normally get. It's right. nutrition. You could bring employment. Faster, too. Faster. Faster. And there's, you know, a, a 20-ish percent margin on top of all this. Right. I mean, I don't, it, maybe I'm such an optimist and... I'm so excited about this. Is there a downside? Uh, I don't see it. Honestly, I really don't. I, I'm, I just think that, as I say, I'd really like to see the Gates Foundation or similar folks. But I think Gates would be a great choice to, to embrace this and take it under his, his wing and, and, and fly with it and, and just, just take take the bull by the horns and you know make you know do all you know do all the things that that uh need to be done for the people who are not only in challenging situations but on you know anybody that that uh wants to be in a in a better uh like even a commercial it's like if you put a building outside of like or nearby for like every walmart or every uh, Costco or every, you know, big, know one of those big box stores uh, that, that actually grew fresh produce instead of like, uh, you know, having it trucked down from, you know, like Northern California all the time. 
you know, that they're, they're going to go to the bank, like, big time. Wow. So, you know, all these years, Crush, I thought you were just a good softball player, an excellent bass player. By the way, he <laughs> plays in a lot of uh, – Ross is an excellent musician. He plays bass. And <laughs> now I find that you're an altruistic visionary with a sense of – of economics. I mean, this is truly amazing. <laughs> it's an eye-opener, right? <laughs> it is. It is. I apologize for underestimating the crush for all of these years, for the 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 50 <laughs> years that I've known you. My goodness gracious. Okay. So, this is wonderful. Thank you for joining us. You've been on our podcast before. You get the last word about Montel and Harris Organics. What would you like to tell the audience? I'd like to uh, share that we've just invented uh, the new Shroom Grow. And, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm not addressing my friends who are into psychedelics and you know if that's your choice you're certainly welcome but that's not what this is about um in the last uh, few years uh, it's been uncovered that uh mushrooms certain mushrooms which don't ask me which ones because i'm not that guy <laughs> but uh they have incredible uh, medicinal uh purposes that will really help people in in uh like challenging situations to say the least and uh so we invented the new shroom grow which actually grows uh mushrooms uh, a lot faster and a lot more dense and on top of that uh in a very automated fashion like a robotic fashion that that's my partner i'm very proud of him he, he's literally came to the he, he just invented this just brilliant machine that We'll be able to grow uh, mushrooms at, at a at a quick rate, and also uh, do it very uh, you know robotically. And uh, instead of the way they're doing it now, which is <laughs> fairly humorous, let's just put it that way. But um, anyway, uh, I'm 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 really excited about the shroom grow. So look uh, look for that from Harris Organics in the next uh, few months here. So my last question for you, um, are you, uh, when is the IPA? I want to invest. <laughs> well, the IPA is at your, at your liquor store, but the IPO, uh, the IPO we'll, keep, we'll keep you posted on that. You'll, you'll be one of the first to know. IPA, though, you're, you, you're all set. <laughs> uh, yeah. I plan on having a my brilliant friend <laughs> <laughs> who gets his who gets his initials mixed up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I got to tell you that it, you know that, that IPAs are definitely more in my life than IPOs are right now. Crush could be next. Could be next. <laughs> could be next. Listen, thank you so much for joining for joining the Who Gives a Shit Files, and I'm sure our listeners are going to love this podcast, and I can't wait to hear again. Of course, it's my extreme pleasure to have spent this time with you, Jimmy, and uh, one of my favorite people. Well, thanks so much, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, sir. All right. Hey, well, be well, my friend, in the meantime. And uh, thanks so much for having me.
Take care. Yeah.